Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, generally just welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my compare Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing? Oh, and maybe should I say happy belated, happy Valentine's Day? <laughs> yes. For those who don't know, I, I didn't know it was Valentine's Day. So <laughs> what happened was we I we showed up to class on on well, when was Valentine's Day? Wednesday. Monday? Wednesday. No, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, and then taught class. I taught the the beginners class, and it was small. There was only like five people, four people, mm-hmm. and then afterwards with the advanced class, and Philippe was like, "Oh, we only have like two people here." So we there was two or three people, and we just there was tra- four. He sent me an, he sent me a thing of like, "Here, one. Here's the attendance. Those four people." <laughs> yeah, there was only like four people, and then we ended early, and he was like, "Oh, Philippe was like, oh, I, I." expected it to be small class today but not this small. i'm like Wait, why do you expect to be small class and he's like because it's valentine's day i was like oh shit <laughs> ah, i should go get the wife some flowers <laughs> and i was like okay i guess wait why are we ending class early i don't want to go home <laughs> i don't want to go home <laughs> yes but it's like i think out of the four people there three of us are married so <laughs> trying to get away <laughs> yeah we're just like uh I guess well, we're the ones that forgot or trying to stay away from home. So, well, it's funny because I was on set all day and they told us we would probably finish set around like, I think it was six days. Then I was like, okay, it'd be enough time. I just go straight to the dojo, hang out and stuff. But we didn't finish set till like almost eight o'clock. And I get um one of our members, I'm not, I don't want to name him because I don't call him out and stuff, messages me all day. Hey, are you going to go to class today? Like, yeah, I'm going to go to, I plan going to class. Hey, okay. What time's class is? Like, I, you know what time class is? And I told him it was early because I knew it was going to be late. So I said, uh-huh. that's at seven o'clock. I, I know who you're talking about because he showed up yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. So he showed, yeah, he showed up 15 yeah. minutes for class ends, which is eight something. I told, and I'm just thinking, I told you seven o'clock. And how do you not know what time class is? It's been, it hasn't changed in a year. Like five, six, seven years. Well, it's very similar. We had changed a little yeah. bit and we are going to change schedule yeah. uh, this upcoming Monday again. As of today. It, yeah. As of yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. To, as of tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I plan to get some call from a parent or email from a parent tomorrow being like, oh, Philippe already is there got class email. today? Philippe oh, already yeah. got an email. Yeah. yeah. Is there class tomorrow? Are you guys open? What's going on? I was like, oh, I've, I've, been sending out, I've been sending out emails too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand. Like I've sent out multiple emails, by the way, as of this date, like, by the way, again, straight like, to spam, brother, straight to spam. That's what we're going to. They don't like same, us. Same thing with Scotty. Like he was, he was like, I didn't get an email. I didn't even get an email. I'm like, I sent it to you. I definitely did. And then he was like, oh, I know I, I, I sent it, it to you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yes, that was that, just funny. Valentine's Day. Um, that I was like, after Philippe said that, I'm like, oh, so that's why Target was selling chocolate. Because I thought it was for East. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was Easter or something. I'm like, why is everyone buying Easter chocolate right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, now that I think about it, I guess Easter is chocolate, Valentine's Day is chocolate, and um, Halloween is chocolate too. So every holiday is chocolate, except for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's beer. <laughs> guys, better enjoy it because there's going to be a chocolate shortage as we get older. Chocolate and uh, coffee, both two things that probably going to either be not enough of or just be really expensive. So yeah, such a Debbie Downer, such a negative Nancy. <laughs> it was funny because it was also. Um, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's in the same day. And what's I'm there. Ash, be, what's Ash Wednesday? You don't know. Oh, okay. This is a, this is a Roman Catholic thing. So um, we have this thing called Lent 
where you, I don't really don't want to so get it's stuffed in your pocket. I don't, I don't want to get it. <laughs> you ever see people with like smudges on their head once a year? It's supposed to look like a cross. Only in India. Only in India. Well, they do it in America too. It's called Ash Wednesday is your ashes. And it's supposed to be when uh, Jesus went to the desert, had to talk with the devil, decided I'm going to die for our sins, blah, blah, blah. And at the end he gets crucified. And that's okay. Easter. Okay. All right. All right. That's, that's, that's some cliff notes version. For I, I don't I, want to get okay. Into it. I, yeah. I, I always get lost because every religion has their own little version of it. So, oh yeah. And Sarah's every us. sect. Like, mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so it's some good news. And you some, if you guys are watching video right now, you might be able to see, I'm not wearing my sling today. I've been out to sling for two weeks, doing a lot of rehab. I can somewhat move my shoulder up and down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of the month, I'll be teaching my class again. Cause Philippe was, it was funny when my sling was on Philippe was, I don't want you on the mat. Don't go on the mat. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Yeah. The day I get my sling off. So when are you going to start teaching your class again? I don't want to <laughs> teach it forever. This is also a temporary thing. Juan. I'm just like, we're on Saturday. You're like, Juan, don't get on the mat. Now Monday, Juan, when you get on back on the mat. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind teaching it if he doesn't want to, but um, I thought he was enjoying it, but I guess he got bored. I'm, he, I'm not sure. He is enjoying it. I think he is. He's just... <laughs> I think he's just like the, the relax of coming on Saturdays and just watching us yeah. teach and critiquing us instead of having to go out there and teach. <laughs> okay. Well, for my, I thought my rib was fine until uh, that day when Javier did a, <laughs> did a turn throw and hit, drove his shoulder or butt into my rib. And I was, Ugh. and then uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, Miguel did it again. And I was like, mm-hmm. Ugh. So I guess like I feel fine until someone like presses down on it. So I think I'm just going to wait a little bit more. Okay. But, yeah. So uh, injuries suck. Take time. Yep. yep. That's all right. Most. So uh, one thing we would ask people to do is just, like always to like, share, and subscribe. If you guys want to send us things, you send it to at tatamitalk at gmail.com or send us, leave us a comment or something for messages. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes get questions from, uh, uh, listeners and on one of our, I don't know if it was our last, last video or if it was one of our short videos, one of our listeners asked us about what do we do to calm down or um, calm our minds after we practice? Cause most of us th- train late at night. I don't think it's just calming down. It's just people have trouble sleeping. It's a very mm-hmm. common issue that I don't have. Um, and on, actually, now that I think about sometimes a few times I did have that problem. Mm-hmm. But it, ha- it has to do with uh, tournaments, not so much training, I mm-hmm. guess. Because um, I think this is when it's like one of those tournaments where you go travel for and then you book a hotel and then you don't fight. You you weigh in at like eight in the morning. You don't fight until like eight or ten at night. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. So you go and you go to bed right afterwards. Like that's when I have trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. But regular training, like regular class, our classes end at what, nine? 839. Uh, yeah. And I get home at like 10. I eat. So I go to sleep at like 11. I don't have trouble sleeping. And I guess I'm also like a night owl. So I stay up a couple hours later <laughs> anyway to watch some TV, spend some time with my dog. My wife is already asleep by then. Um, mm-hmm. Spend some time with my dog and like read read some judo articles or books or something and, and then fall asleep that way. Like I, that that's why I don't really have that problem. I think that's a case by case basis, but 
it's been a question that's been asked on not just uh the judo subreddit online but also like a lot of martial arts and bjj oh, yeah. and uh, muay thai all everyone was like what do you do when you guys go to have trouble going to bed at night but i think it, it's uniquely judo and sometimes bjj may not uniquely but happens more often because of how late our classes are because we're non-profit versus you go sign up for kickboxing usually it's like a four four to five or five to six p.m class right but mm -hmm. judo it's like you don't you don't end until like eight or nine very com commonly yeah. um so i know some people talk about eating too which was something i have pro i personally had a problem with and to adjust around but um in terms of i'm, I'm going to give you like that that was my uh own uh approach to it but the scientific answer is you your body basically if you narrow it down pretty much only has two drives like your whole life basically goes around two drives it's one is to survive and the other is to reproduce <laughs> right so okay yeah so oh, the, 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 the survive the survival thing Trigger something called uh everyone's sort of like fight or flight, right? Yeah. So it's like if you basically have your adrenaline running and when you have your fight or flight instinct triggered, then obviously it's supposed to keep you awake because you can fall asleep or you're tired, you're gonna get killed. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um so I guess one the num the number one thing would be to not go to a late class if you have the option. Uh, <laughs> but, but you don't that, have a choice though. That's you so obviously that, but I, that's why, that's why I said it first. Cause it's not, not an option for many people. Right. Uh -huh. uh, number two thing you could do um, is I actually took notes on this. Cause I, someone asked me before I, mm -hmm. I pulled it up just for this episode um, is reduce the intensity of training. So if you're the type of person that has trouble sleeping and then you go into training like with it's specifically more common with the beginners because beginners trigger that fight or flight. You know how they're like really uh, tight and stiff and everything. And mm -hmm. when they go in rindery, they're like scared of falling, like that kind of stuff. If you're you're like that, then yeah, you're probably going to come out of practice like you just went through a fight, basically. Mm -hmm. So you're probably going to have trouble sleeping. But if you're more experienced, you're just like, oh, I'm here doing what you call me and then you're just like playing or being playful play judoing in rondori then you're never really going to fully trigger that fight or flight mode you're, you're playing right so mm -hmm. um then that would help and i think that's a large part that has a large part to do with why i think i personally don't have problem with sleeping because i'm pretty loose and relaxed and i'm not always like trying to kill people like especially <laughs> in night class uh -huh. um and I take a lot of falls. Uh, but then back to why I said about the tournament, why I have trouble sleeping during the tournament is because I literally went into fight or flight mode doing a tournament. So I have trouble sleeping afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically reduce the intensity of training. Um, and then maybe like as you get better at controlling how stiff you are and how, how riled up you are, then you can like increase the intensity of training a little bit. Um, the second thing is to, I mean, people have heard, heard this like many times, right? But I'm going to, um, it, it comes down to basically don't look at a screen while you're in bed. 
Ah, right. that one. Yeah. Or set your screen to night, not night. Yeah, yeah, night mode or something where it gives you an orange light instead of the white or blue. It's light. not. It's not just the light. It's. It sounds like very woo woo, but there's a lot of science backing it. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you're ba- you basically um, associate the screen with stimulation. So like you're read, you're watching videos, TikTok, Reddit, Instagram, whatever, and it's like giving you all of this stimulation, and it's like. Um, how do you say it? It's kind of like a ga- addiction kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So every time you you're like, oh, what's come? What's going to come next? Like if you're scrolling through videos, you're like looking for that. I don't want to say high, but that adren- not adrenaline, uh, serotonin, dopamine rush of like seeing something interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like constantly expecting that. So you kind of associate the phone with that. So if you have your phone in front of you and a screen on, then your brain just kind of associates that with like a stimulated state instead of like sleeping. So I, w- I would just personally not do that. Um, so don't watch fight videos right before you go to bed. Yeah, basically. But don't do anything that uh, just don't look at your phone like <laughs> in, in, during bedtime uh, or TV or whatever. And for a while, I'll give you the opposite side of this, right? So that's what the science says, and there's a lot of evidence. But when I was in college for a while, I loved leaving a, a TV stream, like just like South Park or a cooking show or whatever, just like background noise mm-hmm. on my um, TV before I, while I go to bed. So I'm not like so, I'm not really paying attention. It's just like background uh, noise, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of got conditioned to it where I couldn't sleep without that playing in the back mm-hmm. and then when i started dating my wife like she was like can you turn it off and then like i'm like okay fine because she couldn't sleep but turn it off and i just can't sleep because there's like no sound <laughs> uh-huh. so i had to wean myself off of that uh for her but um so it it kind of shows how you associate certain things with like sleeping so um but i only use that as an example because like i said the cooking shows or whatever they're kind of boring to me i've watched and especially the cartoons like south park i've worked, watched all of them right mm-hmm. so i already know what's going to happen it's not stimulating it's just like noise in the back so it's gonna put me asleep um but if you're watching something super stimulating then obviously it's, you're gonna be wide awake um so yeah ha- have a ritual uh before you go to bed like whether it's like drinking some water or like reading a book for five minutes or be on your phone for five minutes before bed reading something um just like get into the a relaxed mode to go into bed that's that's uh basically it and try to go to bed at the same time all the time it's like a routine right Mm -hmm. um that's the next thing um also taking a warm shower after, after right before bed like after class report bed that that helps because it relaxes you and it also cools you off like one reason like people you, you probably heard about it a lot of times people wake up from sleeping because of being too hot or too cold or whatever so having like a right temperature setting your house or whatever to a right temperature is uh is good um yeah uh that that basically comes down to that i mean there's also I, I don't want to recommend like some people say just take mel- melatonin, right? Ah, yes. I, yeah, I don't yes. recommend that. Um, there are side effects of all all things. So, um, before you go that route, I would just talk to your doctor before you do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'd highly recommend you do that instead of just self medicating because I mean it might work, it might not work. 
um, but you don't want to risk it. Um, also, you want to risk. Uh, you want to rule out any like hormone issue or thyroid issue. Um, my my family actually has a history of thyroid cancer. Like two of my aunts both had their uh, thyroids removed, and another one's on medication. Um, so that definitely affects your sleep. So make sure you get don't just self-medicate and then find out you have these problems like later on just go to the doctor rule out everything else and then um get recommendations from them uh, another thing is staying hydrated that's uh, a lot of people don't hydrate um enough <laughs> just in general most people think they drink enough water but they don't yeah. um yeah you, you need a right amount of electrolytes and water hydrated to to sleep because you got to remember sleep is when your body actually burns most of the calories to repair so it needs a, it uses a lot of water that's why you you wake up very thirsty a lot of people wake up thirsty and why they recommend when you wake up to drink some water because you just like used up a lot of water repairing your body so make sure you drink a lot of water um but yeah that's Basically, stuff I have is just like roll out any health issues, reduce intensity, have a routine, stay away from screens, um, and stay hydrated. They're they're not really. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but it it actually helps. And a lot of people also expect it to work overnight, but no, you have to like condition your body to do that. Right, it takes time. Yeah. So, well, those are all great suggestions, Anthony. But what do you do to calm yourself down so you can sleep at night? After practice, I just watch videos. Like, honestly, sometimes I'm just when I first saw this question ever, like someone asked mm -hmm. me this question the first time, I was like, How do you not fall asleep? Like, I'm so freaking tired after training. Well, I just want to pass out. Like, here's a, I, so I've known about this since I was in about, I want to say middle school, maybe high school. I heard about this thing about how people, when they work out late at night or work out towards nighttime, they can't sleep. And the reason I heard about this was, um, I'm a huge John Claude Van Damme fan. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you see any of my kicking videos, you see style way I kick. That's where I got it from. Okay. Huge John Claude Van Damme fan. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, he has some other things going on too, but his thing that he would, would say is that like, would be that I work all day on set. We do 12 hour days on set. I have to have a certain body type. I have to work out. The only time I have to work out is at night. So mm -hmm. he ends up being a very insomniac and he got addicted to other stuff, but he used to blame it a lot on sleeping pills and stuff like, Oh yeah, whatever, yeah. John Claude, you took so you took an upper we, and then you took a downer all, to sleep. We've <laughs> all heard of like the sleeping pill problem that yeah. lost of race going to and they get prescribed it. So it's yeah. not like it's not like it's illegal, but at the same time it's like it's probably not good for you. Yeah, but I knew he was taking some other stuff too. And I was like, whatever, John Claude, like you're my hero still. But because like, I heard about this, I'm like, how do you not get tired from work? Because if I have a good workout. I'm tired when I get home. Like I, I like I'll be with, I'll be laying in my bed or on my chair and my tablet or something. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'll be like, finally my phone will hit me in the face. Like, boom, oh, oh my God. Hit me in the eye today. The, hu oh, the human, oh. well, the human body is a funny thing, right? Cause th yeah. this is another thing I, I didn't talk. I forgot to mention, but stress, stress is really, stress is something that messes up your sleep. Like mm -hmm. when I, when I just came back from India, I was super stressed out cause I had so many things to do. I just told you mm -hmm. about it. And then there was like the injury and then um, the time zone change. And I, I, even though I was no longer jet lagged, I, I couldn't sleep. I was waking up at like two in the morning mm -hmm. every night for like, so I, I basically had two hours of sleep every night until like last week, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just wake up feeling exhausted and, and then it's a cycle. Cause I wake up feeling exhausted. I don't get any work done. Um, and then I have to commute to judo, teach judo, come back. I'm tired, two hours of sleep. 
it's like a cycle. I don't get any yeah. work done. Well, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I, yeah. I kind of think like you and me are kind of like the worst two people to ask this question <laughs> to because you and me are night owls. Like we'll email or send yeah. each other stuff like at yeah. one in the morning, two yeah. in the morning. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll be talking. I say like, hey, see this video? And it's like, yeah, I'm up right now. I just saw that video just yeah. 10 minutes ago. Or So if stress is a part of the reason why you can't sleep too, um, then you, you probably want to address that first. And I would go, I would actually go out there and say, if going to train judo is keeping you up at night, making you wake up tired and then causing issues during the daytime at work or your personal life, making you more stressed. And then you go to judo. It's like another, it's an endless cycle. Like I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I would just stop going to judo temporarily and then, um, fix this distressful part. Like for example, for a while I was like, I gotta go home. I can't stay. I gotta finish work. Right. After I yeah. teach classes, I go home. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to fix that cycle. I want to get the work done. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to be stressed now. Now I can go to bed, go to bed, catch up on sleep and then go back to training. So that that's something that I think people will have to also look out for and not just blame it on judo, <laughs> you know, like, mm. Oh, judo so late. I can't sleep when it's maybe it was stress related. So, yeah. um, There's definitely rule like- that out first. And I think gave a good, a lot of good suggestions. There's things that like I do some of the stuff, like if I can't sleep at night, <laughs> if I can't sleep at night, I have these uh, two judo and not judo, these two martial arts encyclopedias. One was, um, one's like really old martial arts encyclopedia. The other one's like more recent encyclopedia of martial arts. And I'll just be like, okay, let's check a country. Let's check this country's martial arts. And I'll just read up on the martial art and be like, oh, okay, my mind's calmed down now. Now I'm gonna try to sleep again. Or people would be like, there's teas you can drink that will try to calm your body down and get you to sleep and stuff. Cause I don't recommend sleeping pills either. I know people tell me like, Oh, just take a sleeping pill or take melatonin. It's like, I'm not a big fan on that. And I have a really weird work schedule anyway. So mm-hmm. like this upcoming Tuesday, my call time, cause Monday's uh, president's day in America, we celebrate our presidents. So on Tuesday I have a work. Guess what time my call time is on Monday. My call time is 6 a.m. Yep. Yeah, my call time is 6 a.m. And this is how my job works. I have really early call times on Monday, but by the time I make the Friday, I'm doing all night calls. You know, yep. and I'm used to that, like Thursday night, yeah. Friday night. The shows that I work on, I work cop shows, fires and police lights look great at night. So that's how we're shooting till four, six, seven in the morning sometimes for these things. So like I have to plan for Monday. Okay, well, Monday, I'm going to do this, this, this. I might try to... um sleep uh trying to get up early that day that's when i'm tired by the time nighttime comes or i'll try to get up early i'm do big work at a judo that night so i'll as soon as they get home around 11 or no, maybe 10 or something try to go to bed immediately because i gotta get up at shoot i gotta get up at least 4 30 mm-hmm. i can slip by by five depending on what the location is to get to work you know and that right there is only going to give me five hours if i'm lucky of sleep yep so it's yeah. you gotta figure out things what you gotta do to calm yourself and that's my thing you gotta calm yourself down because like you think mm. the stress or the insomnia is like because your body's putting pushing out too much adrenaline or something because you worked out too much or that's how most dojos work anyways you're gonna do easy stuff in the beginning of class and you do rondo in a class so you're doing rondo you got your adrenaline pumping your body's pumping you're all hot sweaty ready to go and i was like all right now go home and sleep in an hour it's tough yeah so you gotta figure out what to do to calm your mind down now that you mentioned it like I picked it us picked this up from when I trained in Japan was um the Kodokan has a hot bath. I got hot, you know, like the bath, the hot bath then yeah. yeah. Japanese. Like they have a hot bath at the Kodokan's locker room. And I did that right after training. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I started going in public baths in Japan after mm-hmm. I trained. And 
that really helped me relax. And I kind of started doing that at home. Like when I come home from judo, I just take a bath and a hot mm-hmm. bath. And, it, and, it, and sometimes I fall asleep in the tub, actually. So, <laughs> oh, no, I'm dying. <laughs> no, what happens is I drop my phone in there. Okay, yeah. How water resistant your phone? It's, you it's waterproof. It's waterproof. It's okay. actually waterproof. And so um, thing, you put your bag, you put your phone in a plastic bag, zip tie, yeah. ziplock. So I, that's something I do. Um, but like you said, stress related, and uh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. There was something else. Oh, um, yeah, you have to definitely. These are two things that I don't do, right? But I tried it, and it definitely works really well is cutting out caffeine and alcohol. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are two things that will really improve your sleep because sleep is one of those things where you need good quality quality of, not quantity. Because um, <laughs> I would sometimes like after practice, drink a few beers, come home, drink like another few beers. And then you this alcoholic. is usually on a Friday, usually on a Friday, right? Uh-huh. And And then I would like go to bed and early, but then I would wake up feeling like exhausted, right? It's because I didn't have a great sleep versus Mm -hmm. there was a time when I was, um, I just stopped drinking alcohol and caffeine. Um, usually when I'm traveling actually, because, um, either I don't like the coffee in the local place. Like for example, I don't really drink coffee when I'm in Japan because I don't like Japanese coffee that much. Um, they have a different flavor profile there, but, um, Mm -hmm. Or uh, another example, I was in India. When I was in India, I had the best sleep of my life because there was a dry wedding and the alcohol was so expensive, like I mentioned. No, you called me, be like, Juan, it's a dry wedding. What am I going to do? Get a flask, brother? I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't drink that much there and the sleep quality increased, even though I didn't sleep as long. Right. Um, when And there was a time when I was training Muay Thai, I stopped drinking and stuff. And I was only sleeping six hours a day and I felt fine because the mm-hmm. quality of the sleep was better versus you drink and you drink coffee and stuff. It messes with your sleep cycle, the coffee and the caffeine mostly. And um, the alcohol make makes your quality of sleep worse. Plus it dehydrates you, like I said, right earlier <laughs> with dehydration. Uh-huh. So I would sleep like 12 hours and wake up and still feel like I didn't get enough sleep. So, um, yeah, when I was in college, I did all the sleep hacking stuff that you could try, and I don't recommend that because it was doable in college. But now that I have like a nine—I don't strictly have a nine-to-five job—but <laughs> when you have adult responsibilities, you, your schedule's not as flexible, so you can't really do a lot of these sleep hacking stuff. So, dude, in college, I would stay out till two, three in the morning, close the club up, and I'd be at my—I'd be at the hotel at seven a.m. All right. So don't talk to me about when we were, when I was young, you see this, man, I used to be crazy when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't want to do you have anything else. Cause we can just summarize yeah. basically. That's it. That's it. Right yeah. There. Redo, re, have a, have a bedtime schedule. If you can stop drinking caffeine and, um, alcohol, stay away from the screen, relax, reduce intensity of training and hydrate basically. All right. So th- those are the things. Yep. So, and talk to your doctor. So, yeah. all right. So, our main topic for today, I don't know if it's the main topic, but it's a very interesting topic at least. So, our buddy Jonah at uh, 510 Judo in the Bay Area sent us a thing about, about a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about how USJF is offering an online Naginokata course. Now, 
Why Nagi no Kata? Well, because for most dojos, for most places, you must complete Nagi no Kata, the first Kata in Judo, to get your black belt. Some dojos make you start doing it when you get towards your brown belt, so that by the time you get your black belt, you've completed all of it mm-hmm. and you can do all of it. But most dojos like, okay, you're getting ready to get your black belt. Here's a few months or a year, whatever it take you to learn Nagi no Kata. So you can hear A, perform in front of your instructor. They say it's good. They sign off on your paperwork. You can apply for that. Or what I prefer, go to a tournament or clinic, get your certificate saying you completed it and it's all good. That way you have to never have to do it again <laughs> and mail that in with your kata certificate. So does a certificate mm-hmm. specify whether you did the Tori or the Uke part? It just says that you got certification in it. It doesn't say if it's Tori or Uke. Okay. So I, I've always thought it was weird how many places, dojos, and many uh, grading requirements for Shodan only allow, only makes you do Tori. It doesn't make you do Uke. Mm-hmm. And I think Uke is the harder part, honestly, because I did both, right? And I yeah. I thought I thought Uke was like much harder. Um, but many places don't make you do the Uke. So yeah. I did both parts yeah. when I got my black belt for my certification. Do you agree? Oh, when yeah. Well, Uke yeah. is harder. Yeah. And then yeah. I did the Uke part from one of my friends when he got his black belt. So and I was, mm-hmm. that was like one of the last ones. I was like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not getting thrown it's around. Not, it's <laughs> like it's not even the the falls. It's just the fact that you have to sell it and you can't yeah. make it too obvious, you know. Like, and then the the uke you can you can mess up a little bit, but if your uke and your tori you can mess up a little bit, but if your uke is good, then they'll make you still the, hide the the mistakes a little bit. It feels yeah. like so they'll sell yeah. it to make you look good, I, you know. Yeah, and I feel I. Uh, this is a personal opinion, right? I feel like um, the uke part makes you understand the mechanics of the throw better because you know what you're, how you're for, how you're making the other person fall, right? So, mm-hmm. but the tori, I don't feel like you would necessarily have to understand the mechanics. You just have to do the action. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. if you do, for example, you do seonage, right? Yeah. You just turn. You can just literally just turn and do the action, and then the uke can jump, and you wouldn't you wouldn't even feel what the hell is happening. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, but that's if you have a very low bar test. That's the ones like when, when I did yeah. my test, they're very strict. I mean, I'm just gonna bring it back to like how when I did mine, I went to a kata clinic. They were very very strict on us and how we did stuff. And even if you go to a, a tournament and do it. It's very strict because we had a guy doing a tournament. He messed up on something. Luckily, he did it twice with somebody else. And because he did it with somebody else that was that was better, he got passed. But it's it's these things where some of these things are hard to do. Like I said, in California, not at least down here, usually used to, and not as much as they used to, used to have like two kata clinics a year at least, where you can go in and do Nagi no kata and Kimi no kata pretty much. Those are mm-hmm. two big ones. Most people Get their, they're trying to get a black belt, they got to do Nagi no Kata, trying to get their second Don, it's either a complete Nagi no Kata or you got to learn Kimi no Kata. And then when you get to the other Katas and stuff, like most people aren't going to learn third or fourth Don Kata. All right. And fewer people are going to do fifth and sixth Don Kata, you know? Yeah. So with uh, USJF adding this new online course that you watch these videos, you take the test, and I guess you got to answer these things correctly. Did you take the test? Did you take it like you said you were? Oh, wait, was it available? Wasn't it? Now- it was- well that's, another thing. Gonna... well, that's another thing about this. We tried looking into it and it said, oh, it'll be up running by some date. I went on there again. It wasn't really up yet. Then Anthony yeah, went so on I can't, I, I, Yeah, I couldn't find it, so I didn't take it yet. 
Yeah. So that was another thing about it. They announced this. They have it on their website. That was up, mm -hmm. but you can't take the course yet. So what are they Which, waiting for? What's going on here? But even though, it's, what do you think about taking an online course for Nagino Kata? You watch videos, most likely read text, get the what these things mean, and take a little test for each seg for each uh, section, each segment, and stuff. Short answer to going to a clinic or learning it yourself and doing it. Short. My my short answer is it's not going to work. <laughs> uh, at least at least I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. it, it might it might work for the goal that they're trying to do right um well like but, as, as i was saying is that a lot of places don't give these kata clinics that we last time we talked about kata and how to learn and what our thoughts on it is we had a viewer ask us that i, I can't remember if they lived in new york or my or florida i think it was new york they lived in the new york area they couldn't find a kata class they wanted to get their shodan and it's like for my shodan i need to complete the kata but they couldn't find a class a clinic or anything to teach them okay and, uh, so Think about this, okay? Have you 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 taught people how to do Naginokata, right? I've taught a yeah. couple um people, um not the whole set, right? Just like they're like, oh, I'm having trouble with this part, and I teach them that just that part. Mm -hmm. Have you tried teaching them without demonstrating it or being or touching them? A little bit when my shoulder was hurt. I was trying yeah, to right. So for me, for me, so. it was my knee, right? Yeah. So um, how, how would you say? It, how well did they pick it up? Not great. Yeah, because you have to because it's, it's just when you're there because they can watch the video because everybody goes to that night. Everyone goes yeah. to that NHK Kodakon video and they watch that video because that's one of the I think that's one of the best ones yes, out there. And it's actually exactly. a very detailed video to watch. Also, that, so that's how I we learned it right, and we have someone to practice with, and um, Dave Roman. Um, that's how he did it too. So I think mm -hmm. what Dave Roman did is a good middle ground, which is he record, he learned himself, right? Got a partner, watched the Kodokan video, practiced it, recorded himself. And then he mailed, he mailed the, the um, video file to Steve Scott. And then he was like, okay, great. Here's your show, need on show on whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's, I think that's doable, mm -hmm. but it will be hard. Cause um, the Kodakan video is great. I rec if anyone's teach, uh, thinking about doing the, I can speak for the Nagi no Kata and the Kimeno, uh, not Kimeno Kata, uh, Katame no Kata, because those are yeah. two that I was I studied, but I didn't look at the other ones yet. Oh, I looked mm -hmm. I looked at the Juno Kata too, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think that would be good for you to self learn. Where the problem comes in is. Um, not everyone has an eye for detail. Yeah. Like to see well, certain like, things. Well, even when you performed Katamino, like one day we, you decided to try mm -hmm. it. So I was like, okay, I've done, I've done uh, Katamino Kata before. I know how it goes for my second dawn. So I had, you did it with me. I was like, okay, well, I'll do the, I'll do the, uh, the Tory part. No, no, I did the Uke part. You did the Uke part. Yeah. We, we, yeah, swap, we swap back and forth. Yeah. yeah. But there's certain things where it's like you're putting my arm not all the way like get the arm out yeah. it's like oh, oh yeah. get the arm out okay now i now go to grab me oh okay now I'll go to grab you it's like wait till i do this then you do this you, you see that's that's not exactly what i'm talking about because that mm -hmm. is like i forgot i watched the video and i forgot so if i recorded myself then i go back and compare then i think i'll be fine mm -hmm. but i'm talking about watching the video and not seeing certain details like oh his weight transferred from this leg to this leg you can kind of see um one really if you've done the nagano kata i'm the throw i'm thinking about is um sasai mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that part. You know how I, when I was practicing, I, I had a lot of trouble doing it because mm-hmm. um, the weight transfer is kind of weird how you step to the side while you're like stepping on the, yeah. So those who did it know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So I had a little bit of trouble with that, but I was able to see the video and notice like, no, that's not how it is because I'm not doing it right because the weight transfer is not correct. So I had trouble with it, but I was at least able to look the video and see that I was doing it wrong. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? No, no. Yeah, it yeah. does. Versus I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, I forgot or I didn't notice the video didn't uh, have the arm extender or something like that. Not not that because that if that's being missed, then I think that is the fault of the instruction. Does that make sense? But that's the thing of you doing yeah. the kata, though. You're doing it with somebody. And yeah, yeah. A video and send it to them. So Where with the USJF, it's you probably watch videos and then mm-hmm. they discuss it or they talk about certain points. So right? let, let me finish when my it, thought. Right. So yeah. So the problem with the USJF. So I, I want to tell you how I think this would work. Okay. Well, right. So one, the instruction has to be good because you have to make sure have all the stuff we talked about and make sure your hands here, make sure the weight transfers here because. Some things you can't see, like the weight transfer, like I said, but then the details, you can t- totally add it to the videos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would, how would this would actually work if I were to do it is you would have to have regular um, check-ins, right? So you would, I would mail in the video once a week or once every two weeks of me doing it. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, okay, in this part, you didn't do this right. In this part, you didn't do this right. Mm-hmm. So it's like a regular check-in, like a review. Yeah, yeah. And then they, you, two weeks later, send it again. And it's like, okay, this looks better. But you still, like here, it's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I think that would work better than to be like asking questions. Like, I, I don't know what the questions will be like. It could be something totally useless. Like, what is the third set in the, what is the third throw in the third set of the Nagano Like, that is useless information, right? I that think. is exactly going to be the question, I bet. Yeah, that's Next useless information sure. <laughs> versus versus asking, like, should your knees be bent in the Ponce Anage, mm-hmm. right? That That is like an example of uh, useful information. And um, or um, wh- wh- where should your weight be in the Kake portion of the Tomoe Nage? Like... That stuff like that, I think, is would be good as a question, but ultimately, that should that all that would just be a uh, uh, compliment. Compliment the what I mentioned before, which is having a regular review of people doing the throws. That way, you don't have to have a clinic and an in person thing. But again, if you don't have the in person ability to throw the other person or to show them or make make them feel how the throw is supposed to work then mm-hmm. the video itself needs to be at very at the very least as good as the Kodakon video and more mm-hmm. basically it has to be at least at that quality um that's my thought but if you're just going to ask some show them make them show a video ask some questions and and then <laughs> and then like pass them give them a certificate based off of that then I don't, I don't think that's going to be good enough. Um, well, the whole thing about the Nagano Kata anyways is that it's all standing. Okay? It's all Tachiwaza, no Neiwaza. Mm-hmm. And the whole goal, and people like ask me when I first teach them this, or they ask why they learn Nagano Kata, because the whole goal is that these are the 15 throws that if you, learn, if you know them left and right, you know the basis of Judo. That if you know these 15 throws, 
There was supposed to be the base yeah. of all judo throws, and you can go off from anywhere there. Okay, so that means that you, when you perform it, that you understand the dynamic, the the mechanics, the mechanics of yeah, you understand yeah. The mechanics of how to throw, how to hold somebody, how to roll, how to fall in judo. Where if you take this online course, like I think, it's a, I personally think it's a very good idea, but it's I think it's for uh, me, I think it's it's too big. It's too big of an idea. They're trying to do too much that they haven't done before. And I applaud them for trying. Yeah, I'll just be blunt, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll just be very blunt here. Hopefully right. they don't listen to it. <laughs> I'm looking at the Asia DM. It was a good idea. We need something like that. Mm-hmm. Failure. Yeah. We, USGF Nationals. We need something like that. Failure. Hey, 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 hey. you're talking <laughs> so, to a US to a USGF national champion right here. So the first ever masters 90 kilos. I'm saying it can be done, but I don't think it's uh it's a good idea. And a lot of these people that uh, are writing it, I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna assume they're all like master kata instructors and they probably are really they're probably really good at teaching people kata in person like but they probably had no experience learning it without an instructor because mm-hmm. i feel like people like dave roman and i guess to a certain extent me would have more some more uh experience with the troubles that we had in and what is what is um missing from the Kodakon video then we can be like, hey, like the Kodakan video is great, but when I was learning this myself, like I wish we had this and that and this, and no one made it easier. I feel insulted because I taught you a lot of that Nagano Kata, and I'm hurt right now. I am personally hurt. <laughs> well, that's why I said to a certain extent, right? Because uh-huh. <laughs> you weren't always there when I did it. But then for our, our my example, it would be like the questions that I asked you should be available in the, in the course, basically. Mm-hmm. So... I think that w- that would be a better approach, but I I, I don't think it's going to be like that. Which leads to the other thing I'm going to be blunt about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I learned it from when I asked certain people that are really quote unquote good at kata, um, some questions, mm-hmm. I'll be they'll be like, "Oh, your hand shouldn't be do this; it should be doing this instead." And then I'll be like, "Why?" And they're like, "Oh, because you get two points removed. Mm-hmm. You get you you get points deducted." And I'll just like, "Okay, but why is it? Why why?" Other than points, like why is it bad? So, dogma I don't know. of judo. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah, so it's always my go-to: the dogma of martial arts, the dogma of judo. So I feel like the back to what I said: like the point of kata, if you're not competing, is to understand the mechanics of the throws, and sometimes like not like the hand not being like exactly at one spot, for, for example, might not make a huge it's, it's like in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter and i think it's more important to um teach and transfer the knowledge of the mechanics and get people to feel what the throw feels like uh, i think that's much more important i'll use uki otoshi as an example right uki otoshi really helped me understand the otoshi mechanic for mm-hmm. Tayatoshi to improve my Tayatoshi. Like my Tayatoshi really worked well because I understood like the weight, using your weight dropping and sinking to drag the uke off. Um, and then when I did that correctly, I also felt uke flying away and dragging me off balance. But mm-hmm. you have to maintain your balance and structure and at the end of the throw. And that also like, you're, these are all stuff you, you'd be learning through the kata. But then if you if I ask them, why do I have to drag him back in? Why do I have to do this? Why do I do that? And you're like, oh, just because you get points deducted. Like, 
that doesn't really help transfer the knowledge other than this is how why you have to do it just because mm-hmm. you get points deducted mm-hmm. so i feel like that's another trap that they probably have to be careful about yeah um i'm not claiming to be like really good at kata but i feel like i do see a lot of the detail so i constantly see my own mistakes in kata and when i look at myself do kata i'm able to do that so um Part of the mistakes have to do in my knee. Like it's really hard doing a lot of the weight transfers, like especially mm-hmm. katakuruma, you know, the, the step in, like that's really freaking hard for me. Yeah. Um, a lot of the kneeling stuff is hard. Like even the katami, the katami no kata, the, slide, the sliding along the floor <laughs> is so freaking hard on my knee. Yeah, like, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, so, but I can see the, 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 the mistakes, right? So, that's why I think about the kata thing. It could be done well. I just feel like they don't have a good history of executing things well. So um not holding my breath, basically. Yeah. So and like I said, we got this question like maybe about a month ago now. We got this question, and it's still not up. It's still not working. So it's just like the HJDM thing. It's just HJ, what's HJDM, yeah. HJ, whatever. <laughs> DM me and my <laughs> it's a good idea. It's just it, it's it's for those who work in the startup space, I, I did a bit of work in the startup space before, right? And you're always going to hear people say like, oh, I need you to sign a non-disclosure agreement before I'll tell you my idea. Like, I want mm-hmm. I want your feedback on an idea, but I don't want you stealing it and going off and doing <laughs> it yourself. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, 99% chance your idea is not unique. There's probably a hundred <laughs> people that have tried it before or are about to do the same thing where the pro it's always about the execution mm. the execution and how you execute it is what going to determine whether you succeed or not like um think about how instagram shorts and uh tiktok has taken off yeah does everyone anyone remember something called vine vines yeah uh, that's why <laughs> i can't believe it's a, i'm like i have a big vine guy now that i thought vine was stupid when it first came out i thought it was really dumb but it's funny people will still love vine and stuff like how that was a short video format that died it was well, great it, i thought it was an well, awesome look, okay thing. look at the super bowl just happened a little while ago they had a snapchat commercial okay yes. at the super bowl who really uses Snapchat nowadays except to uh, get your side chick or something or just use it for filters? I, I don't see nobody upload Snapchat videos anymore, but I'll see their videos or their um, filters on like Instagram or YouTube or mm-hmm. Facebook or they'll be like, oh yeah, that was, a, that was on Snapchat. Why don't they post it on Snapchat? No, no, they just want to make the video there, but then post it somewhere else. Yeah, so the, ex- it's the idea is not what's important. It's the execution. It's mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying. And yeah. I think it's a great idea for places that small areas where there's not a lot, whole lot of judo. They don't do kata clinics. There's no kata clinics near you and stuff. And you can't, you don't have your Don Chikan where you can mail it to or something. I think this is a great idea, but it's just something that's very daunting and big and huge. And I hope they can do it. But yeah, you are going to miss out on a lot of stuff, not doing it with somebody just to be an online course. You just answer questions. It's interesting. I applaud them for it, but I just want to see how it's going to end up. Yeah. Which brings me to our other thing where our dojo, how I was talking about how Naka used to have these kata clinics like twice a year or something. Mm-hmm. Our dojo to help out with this stuff they are going to start having kata classes. So what do you think about us having kata classes twice a I month? love it because I need to do my kata mino kata. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I love it. I glad Pamela's uh, teaching it. Um, it it was. <laughs> 
it was hard to make it happen. Uh, let's just put it that way to keep it short. Like, um, <laughs> for those who don't know, they're, they're running a dojo, it's like kind of complicated. But well, that's gonna be our next episode. Next episode is one hundred, yeah. and we're gonna talk yeah, about we'll how talk, we'll talk about it. How Hollywood grew from back when I first started going there twice a week when it was only open twice a week to how we are now open six days a week now. Yeah. So yes, speak, I'll I'll talk about it at the end of the episode about that but um yeah it's the kata class is great um not a lot of classes offer it and also i think in la gardena used to offer it i don't know if they still do um but it's not really well advertised like i had to like ask people yeah it feels like it's a very common thing well like, it's a weird thing because pamela would always invite me to like oh we're, we're gonna have kata class here at this place or we Naka was having a kata class or kata seminar, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, once a month or twice a month at certain dojos. And Pam would always invite me, like, oh, Juan, well, when I was having to do my, my uh, katemi no kata, she was inviting me over to learn it. And I was like, okay, but you never know. Like, Naka never advertised it. They never put on their Facebook. They never put on, Inst- I don't think Instagram was around back then, or at least wasn't that popular. And then they didn't put on the calendar. So it's like, how are you supposed to know when these kata classes are yeah. happening? You don't have to cut the clinics anymore or not that often anymore. Like it used to be twice a year. Like I keep, I keep bringing that up because I want to come back for yeah. people, people need it. But at least our dojo, and since Philippe said, you want to know what? Let's try to help out the community. Let's try to build a judo community and open our doors up by having to cut the class. If we can't have it every week, at least twice a month, you know? Yeah. And we're going to work like the first class we're advertising is for, um, and I've had some emails people be like, oh, wait, are you guys going to do Nagi no Kata? And I talked to Pamela and she told me that I wasn't planning on it, but if people come and have partners, I want to learn it. I can divide the class up in half because like I said before, the two Katas most people want to learn and need to, or most, or want to learn, I'd say, is Nagi no Kata for their Shodan and Katame no Kata for their Nidan. A lot of people, not everyone gets the third Don. All right. And very few people get the fourth dot. Okay. So those are two that are most popular and those are ones that should be teaching. It's a great opportunity to come learn and train at a great place. That just happened yeah. to be our dojo. <laughs> yeah. I, before we get into that, uh, I, want, I want to jump back a little bit. Right. So All right. I think it was just, it's kind of related. Um, I think what they should build out before they build out this online thing, the, it would build upon their existing structure of having clinics is to just have a form of people like being interested in kata clinics in a region. Like for example, let's say you live in like Wyoming or something, right? And mm-hmm. there's no kata clinic nearby. Maybe like start having the Yudanshakai there sending out an email out or signups of interest like if you get like a hundred people interested or even 50 people interested I, we talked about this with uh jonah or dave or something um you have like 50 20 30 people interested whatever then you charge them each 100 bucks right then you can like fly the kata person out to run a clinic that mm-hmm. way and lodging and everything i think that if you have a system that can basically gather and collect all these interests kind of like a petition mm-hmm. and be able to do that then that's much easier than doing an online certification class i think so um yeah i think everything going online is great but sometimes you have to consider what's realistic and what's uh 
more the lower hanging fruit. But back to what you said, yeah, we're at we're actually. I, I'm glad we're running it, but I'm worried about the longevity of it. That's the concern I have, mm-hmm. is because um, I've never. I'm not in the kata community. I feel like every tournament I go to and look at the kata competition, mm-hmm. there's the same few like ten people that show up, right? Yeah. So hopefully, I, I I'm hoping this would grow that community that I see and I'll see more people at the Kata tournament. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, how many people are just going to get the certification and stop showing up? Mm-hmm. Right. So twice That's a week, true. I think twice a week is good. Um, twice a month. Twice a month. Twice, sorry. Twice a month is good. Um, but it's like, how long will that last? And I'm curious to see whether there's other intricacies to it. Like maybe um, Pamela will add some competition aspects to it where it's like, Hey, like this is a route you can take. So if you're interested and don't want to compete in regular, come to class more often. And we can go over the smaller details of all the th- of the kata and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, maybe like have like discussions of the mechanics and philosophy behind. Especially you go once you get to the higher end kata. I don't know if she's she knows how to do it, but the itsusuna kata or like the 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 key metal cut like the self-defense forms. Like if you go into like the history behind it, there's plenty of like geeks that would be like interested in why are we doing these movements? Why, why is, um, why is, why are we striking people on the, the, the head like that? Yeah. Like if you go into that stuff and not stick to strictly the movements, mechanics and, um, competition aspects of it, I think the class would have a longevity and would attract a new crowd to judo. And, um, that brings up yeah. a good question. Yeah. Now we're thinking of like right now, we're thinking of like the first two katas. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting to like to four or five, no, you don't need for four, but to like five and six and the higher don katas, am I gonna have to buy some bokens for the dojo and some wooden guns and more uh, tantos? Mm-hmm. Or do we make people provide their own? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about kata? No, I think I think we covered it a lot. We had an episode on kata, so I'm not going to talk about whether kata is useful or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I'll just to summarize what we said about the episode. I think it's useful. I'm not I'm not in the camp where people. I I feel like most people overstate how useful it is. People who think it's useful overstate Mm -hmm. how useful it is, and basically go into the aikido realm of usefulness <laughs> basically of kata uh-huh. and then at the other end people who are like it's a waste of time like i i just want to uh what do you call it like it doesn't Compete. help me with my throat yeah it doesn't help me with my throat basically it doesn't yeah. help me with anything i think those people are wrong too um mm-hmm. i think it's somewhere in the middle basically mm-hmm. so i i think it's just like anything else that's old people have mm-hmm. just glorified it too much and the usefulness of it has decreased over time with improved of um, sports science and technology and stuff. But people are trying to like, how do you call it? Get rid of old stuff just cause they're old, but it's not cause they're just still some use to it basically. Yeah. And like I said before, when we first started our conversation, most people have to learn Inagino Kata to get their black belt. Some dojos, when you get your brown belts, they have you start practicing it. And if you're a competitor, you may or may not have to learn Nagano Kata. I if had to have, casual, I, yeah, it's a ritual. 
Just yeah. It's if you're kind of, yeah, ceremony. If you're a casual or a part-time player and you somehow get all the way to your black belt, you're gonna have to learn Nagi no Kata. And everyone, I think, should have to do and learn Nagi no Kata. Mm-hmm. Just think about it, it for it yeah, doesn't for have to be beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be amazing or immaculate, but you got to do Nagano Kata, in my opinion. And if you didn't do Nagano Kata to get your black belt, then I hope you're a great competitor then and you're in a national team and winning gold medals. <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. some heat for that, maybe. I'll get some heat. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, if I had to go to a church for a wedding or funeral or put a ring on someone to propose to them, like those <laughs> are all rit- the first. <laughs> those are all rituals we decided to observe, right? Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> so <laughs> okay. those are all rituals we decided as humanity observe, which culturally for judo, I think the black belt for Shodan will be like Nagi no Kata. So that's how I think you should like at least at least don't disrespect it in that sense, right? So because mm-hmm. I, I think Valentine's Day is dumb, but I still have to go to dinner <laughs> you think tonight. Most holidays are dumb. <laughs> you think birthdays are dumb, all right? <laughs> I think yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna get into that. But basically <laughs> just suck it up. All right. <laughs> suck up and do suck the kata. it up and do the kata. Do the kata. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me at the Jerry underscore Juan on Instagram. You follow Anthony Anthony Throws on Instagram. You can follow us at Tatami Talk on Instagram. You can follow us on YouTube at Tatami Talk. You want to send us any questions, things to talk about, things you want to ask about again, like we did earlier in the episode. You said Tatami Talk at gmail.com or just leave a comment, you know, just leave it. And we might be starting a Patreon soon. So maybe we do some specialty stuff there. Yeah. Who knows? We'll we see. are so. Oh, we are starting a Patreon. Yeah. And we are, we are starting Patreon. I are to, starting a Patreon. <laughs> I plan to have it started on uh, our third anniversary. Uh, our 100th episode, which the next episode is 100th and it's our third anniversary. Yeah. And one of the viewer questions we got, not questions, the viewer suggestions we got was um, because someone on Reddit asked how did we grow our judo program? Because I was mm-hmm. I forgot I forgot the context of the question, but this, I, I explained what we did and then... Um, someone i think his name was judo matt um was like you should make a podcast episode about it and i was like yeah that's great it'll be a great episode for episode 100 because it's a <laughs> like a it's like a reflection episode of our podcast for again the year and so far not it's slightly different from the nearest episode right nearest yeah. episode was a reflection of our year but third anniversary is like reflection on the podcast and we're going to talk about how we grew our dojo um from 30 members to like, I think at the peak, it was 150. Oh, oh yeah. no, I, I can go way back. I've been in this dojo for 16 years. I can go back and we had like 10 members. Well, I'm talking members. about <laughs> 30 as in before we started all the modernization, <laughs> adding classes and all that kind of stuff. So um, we're going to go talk about that. And the weird thing is right after I told you about that, mm-hmm. that, well, hey, for we're doing the AI episode, then we're doing the Kata episode, and then we're doing the the anniversary on that. Then Shintaro released the How Do You Grow Your Judo? I'm like, we we have a freaking mole. <laughs> Someone's listening to Someone is slipping to our DMs. They are following and they're listening in. <laughs> I think this is like the fifth time it happened, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. It, it, yeah. Someone's listening to us. Check your, uh, is there any spyware on our phones? Ah, shit. I put TikTok yeah. on my phone. Uh, maybe, Chinese. Yeah, maybe we Figured can it out. do some com- comparisons and touch upon. Uh, I think I will do that. I'll, I'll, I'll have to re-listen to the Shintaro episode mm-hmm. and um, 
I have to be very, I don't have to be very careful to not make it sound like I, I I'm bashing him because I think it was a great episode by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we I just have some certain this certain I won't even call it disagreement. It's just different point of, points of views um, mm-hmm. about certain things. So we'll do that and talk about how our approach is different from them, and it kind of shows there's more than one way of doing things. Basically, oh yeah, yeah. All right. Right. So with that, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And Anthony, don't forget to... Oh, that hurt. <laughs> don't forget to not raise your shoulder, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And slap the mat. Yep. <laughs>